0: in darkness from the ones who walk in light light' them up boys there's your picture Drop the shadow. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is January the 4th, 2005. And if you're listening to me, well, we're still alive, some of us. We, we are the lucky ones, ah, yes. As that old misanthrope, well, actually, misogynist philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer once said, (laughs) quote, We must live on and suffer. So today, we begin the new year. I want to read you the words of Samuel Beckett. I feel impelled to do this. For me, Beckett is the voice of humanity, the voice of the absurdity that is our existence. Old Beckett gnaws on the existential bone till he gets down to the marrow of things. Today I'll read uh, bits from the novels, together with a few poems. Last night I thought of adding mood music, but then I thought, no, no, no. Uh, let us risk a cappella. Uh, yes, let us not use crutches, let us just, just grind out the language. The Irish writer Samuel Beckett went out with the twentieth century, but his angst will never die. I'll begin today with a section from the novel, Malone Dies. I shall soon be quite dead at last, in spite of all, perhaps next month. Then it will be the month of April or of May, for the year is still young. A thousand little signs tell me so, though perhaps I am wrong. Perhaps I shall survive St. John the Baptist's day, even the 14th of July, (laughs) a festival of freedom. (laughs) Indeed, I would not put it past me to pant on to the transfiguration not to speak of the assumption, but I do not think so. I do not think I am wrong in saying that these rejoicings will take place in my absence this year. I have that feeling I've had it now for some days, and I credit it. I could die today, if I wished, merely by making a little effort. But it's just as well to let myself die quietly without rushing things. Of course... I still have my little fits of impatience from time to time. I must be on my guard against them for the next fortnight or three weeks, but without exaggeration, to be sure, quietly crying and laughing without working myself up into a state. <laughs> oh, God, I shall be natural at last. I shall suffer more than less. Without drawing any conclusions, I shall pay less heed to myself. I shall be neither hot nor cold anymore. I shall be tepid. I shall die tepid, without enthusiasm. I shall not watch myself die. That would spoil everything. Have I watched myself live? Have I ever complained? Hmm, Then why rejoice now? I am content, necessarily. (laughs) But not to the point of clapping my hands. I am satisfied. There, I am repaid. I have enough. I need nothing more. Let me say, before I go any further, that I forgive nobody. I wish them all an atrocious life, and then the fires and ice of hell, and in the inexorable generations to come, an honored name. <laughs> ah, enough, enough for this evening. <laughs> oh, I usedn't to need anyone just to myself, stories... There was a great one about an old fellow called Bolton. I never finished it. I never finished any of them. I never finished anything. Everything always went on forever. Stories, stories, years and years of stories, till. The need came on me for someone to be with me, anyone, a stranger. Years of that, and then now for someone who knew me in the old days. A stranger to be with me, imagine he hears me, what I am now, oh. <laughs> Father, 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 you wouldn't know me now. You'd be sorry you ever had me, <laughs> but you were that, you were that already, a washout, that's the last I heard from you, a washout. <laughs> Are you coming for a dip? No, no, on, come on, no, no, glare, stomp to door, turn glare, a washout, that's all you are, a washout, again, again, slam life shut like that, washout, a wish to Christ she had. My mother never refused to see me, well, that is, She never refused to receive me, for it was many a long day since she'd seen anything at all. I shall try and speak calmly. We were so old, she and I. She had had me so young that we were like a couple of old cronies, sexless, unrelated, with the same memories, the same rancors, the same expectations.' (laughs) She never called me son, fortunately, I couldn't have borne it. But Dan, I don't know why, my name is not Dan, Dan was my father's name, perhaps. Perhaps she took me for my father. I took her for my mother and she took me for my father. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Dan, do you remember the day I saved the swallow? Dan, do you remember the day you buried the ring? I remembered, I remembered. I mean, I knew more or less what she was talking about. And if I wasn't always involved personally in the scene she evoked, it was just as if I had. I called her Mag. Well, I had to call her something. I called her Mag because, for me, without my knowing why, the letter G abolished the syllable ma, and, as it were, spat on it better than any other letter could have done. At the same time, I acknowledged a deep and doubtless unacknowledged need— The need to have a ma, that is, a mother, and to proclaim it audibly. For before you say mag, mag, you say ma, inevitably, and da in my part of the world means father. What the hell? Besides, for me, the question "'did not arise at the period I am worming into now, I mean the question, "'as whether to call her Magma or the Countess Kaka, "'she having for countless years been as deaf as a post. "'Oh, she knew it was me by my smell. (laughs) "'Her shrunken, hairy old face lit up. "'She was happy to smell me.' She jabbered away with her rattle and dentures, and most of the time didn't realize what she was saying. Anyone but myself would have been lost in this clattering gabble, which could only have stopped during her brief instance of unconsciousness, in any case. I didn't come to listen to her. I got into communication with her by knocking on her skull. <laughs> One knock meant yes. Two, no. Three, I don't know. Four, money. Five, goodbye. Now, it was hard. Uh, I had a uh, difficulty ramming this code into her ruined and frantic understanding. <laughs> but I did it in the end. That she should confuse, yes, no, I don't know, and goodbye well, it's all the same to me, I confuse them myself, but that she should associate the four knocks with anything but money was something to be avoided at all costs. During the period of training, therefore, at the same time as I administered the four knocks on the skull, I stuck a banknote under her nose.' "'or in her mouth. "'Oh, in the innocence of my heart! "'For she seemed to have lost, "'if not absolutely all, "'notion of mensuration, "'at least the faculty of counting beyond two. "'It was too far for her. "'Yes, the distance was too great "'from one to four. "'By the time she came to the fourth knock, "'she imagined she was still at the second the first two having been obliterated from her memory as completely as if they'd never been felt. (laughs) She she must have thought I was saying no to her all the time, whereas nothing was further from my purpose. (laughs) Then... Enlightened by these considerations, I looked for and finally found a more effective means of putting the idea of money into her head. This consisted in replacing the four knocks of the index knuckle by two or more, according to my needs, thumps of the fist on her skull, that she understood. (sighs) In any case, I didn't come for the money. I took her money, but... I didn't come for that, my mother uh, I don't think too harshly of her, up bright and early that day, I was young, then, feeling awful and up mother hanging out of the window in her nightdress, weeping and waving, nice fresh morning, bright too early as so often, feeling really awful, very violent, sky would soon darken, rain fall, go on falling all day till evening, then blue, and sun again in a second, then night. Feeling all this, how violent and the kind of day, I stopped and turned so back with bowed head on the lookout for snail, slug, or worm. Great love in my heart, too, for all things still and rooted. Bushes, boulders, and the like, too numerous to mention. Uh, Even the flowers of the field, not for the world, when in my right senses would I ever touch one to pluck it. Whereas, a bird now, or a butterfly, fluttering about and getting in my way, or moving things, getting in my path, a slug now getting under my feet. Here, no, 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 mercy! Not that I go out of my way to get at them. No, often at a distance they seemed quite still, and the next moment they were all about me, Birds. With my piercing sight, I've seen flying so high so far. They seemed at rest, and a minute later they were on top of me. Crows have done this. Ducks are perhaps the worst. To be suddenly stamping and stumbling in the midst of ducks or hens, any class of poultry, few things are worse. (laughs) Not that I go out of my way to avoid such things when avoidable. No, I will simply not go out of my way. Though I have never in my life been on my way anywhere, but simply on my way. And in this way I have gone through great thickets, breathing deep into bogs, water to even the sea in some moods, and been carried out of my course or driven back so as not to drown. And that is perhaps the way I shall die at last. If they don't catch me, I mean drowned. Or on fire, yes. Perhaps that's how I shall do it at last. Walking furious headlong into fire and dying burnt to bits. Well, then. For a while, no trouble, no birds at me. Nothing across my path except, in the great distance, a white horse. Followed by a boy, or it might have been a small man or woman. This is the only completely white horse I remember. What I believe the Germans call a schimmel. I was very quick as a boy, picked up a lot of hard knowledge. Schimmel, nice word for an English speaker. The sun was full upon it. It seemed to have a red band or stripe running down its side. I thought perhaps a belly band, perhaps the horse was being taken to be harnessed to a trap or such like. It crossed my path a long way off, then vanished behind greenery, I suppose. All I remember was the sudden appearance of the horse and then disappearance. It was bright white with the sun on it. I'd never seen such a horse, though often heard of them. I never saw another. White, I must say, has always affected me strongly, all white things, sheets, walls, and so on, even flowers, and then then just white, the thought of white, without more. Oh, well, then, for a while. Just the violence, and then this white horse... Then, suddenly, I flew into a most savage rage. Really blinding, really blinding. Why this sudden rage? I really do not know. These sudden rages, they made my life a misery. Many other things, too, have done this. My sore throat, for example. I've never known what it is to be without a sore throat. But the rages were the worst like a great wind, suddenly rising inside me. No, no, I can't describe. It wasn't the violence getting worse in any case. Nothing to do with that. Sometimes I would be feeling violent all day and never have a rage. Other days, quite quiet for me, I'd have four or five. Oh, there's no accounting for it. There's no accounting for anything. Not with the kind of mind I always had, always on the alert against itself. Ah, there was a time. I tried to get relief by beating my head against something, but I gave that up. No. Best thing I found was to start running. I was a very slow walker. Oh, I didn't dally or loiter in any way, just walked very slowly, little short steps, and the feet very slow through the air. On the other hand, I must have been quite one of the fastest runners the world has ever seen over a short distance, five or ten yards, in a second I was there. But I could not go on at that speed. Oh, it was not recklessness, it was mental, all is mental figments. Now the dog-trot, on the other hand, I could no more do that than I could fly. No, with me, always slow, and then these flashes or gushes, vent the pent, vent the pent. That was one of those things I used to say to myself over and over as I went along. Vent the pent, 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 vent pent, oh, what the hell with it? Oh, fortunately, my father died when I was a boy, otherwise might have been a professor He had his heart set on it. Oh, very fair scholar I was, too. No thought, but great memory. One time I told him about Milton's cosmology. Way up in the mountains we were, resting against a huge rock, looking out to sea. Ah, That impressed him greatly, Ah, my father and mother, to think they are probably in paradise. They were so good. Let me go to hell, that's all I ask, and go on cursing them there, and they look down and hear me. That might take some of the shine off their bliss. (laughs) I believe all their blather about the life to come, it cheers me up. (sighs) And unhappiness like mine. There's no annihilating that. I was mad, of course, still am, but harmless. I passed for harmless, that's a good one. Oh, not of course, that I was really mad, just strange. A little strange. And with each passing year, a little stranger. There can be few stranger creatures going about than me in the present day. My father, did I kill him too, as well as my mother? Perhaps in a way I did. Well, let us pass on from these old scenes and come to my reward, yes, then it will not be as now, day after day, out, on, round, back, in, like leaves turning or torn out and thrown crumpled away, with a long, unbroken time, without before or after, light or dark, from or towards or at. The old half-knowledge of when and where, gone and of what, What kinds of things, all at once, all going to nothing. There was never anything, never can be. Life and death, all nothing, that kind of thing. Only a voice... Dreaming and droning on all around. That is something. A voice that once was in your mouth. I tell myself, he'll come back. And then, and then he couldn't, he's gone too far. Then all kinds of fantasies that I'm being watched. A rat steps repel. I'll babble, babble words like the solitary child who turns himself into children, two, three, so as to be together and whisper together in the dark, moment upon moment. All life long you wait for that to mount up to a life. Oh, let's get it over. Christ oh, poor old, lousy old earth, my earth and my fathers and my mothers. And my fathers, fathers and my mothers, mothers and my fathers, mothers and my mothers, fathers. And my fathers, mothers, fathers and my mothers, fathers, mothers and my fathers, mothers, mothers and my mothers, fathers, fathers. And my fathers, fathers, <esempio> and my father's, fathers mothers and my mothers, mothers, mothers fathers. And everyone else's fathers and mothers an excrement and the crocuses and the mimosas turning green every year a week before the others, the pastures red with uneaten sheets placentas in the long summer days, the wasps in the jam and the look of the gorse, the first fires and the hooves on the road, Ah, if I was to begin it all over again, knowing what I know now, the result would be the same, and if I was to begin again a third time, knowing what I know then, the result would be the same, and if I was to begin it all over again a hundred times, knowing each time a little more than the time before, the result would always be the same, in the hundredth life as the first, and a hundred lives as one. A cat's flux. They said to me, That's love, yes, yes, no doubt. Now you see how easy it is. They said to me, that's friendship. Yes, yes, no question, you found it. They said to me, Here's the place, stop, raise your head, look at all that beauty and that order. Ah, come now, they said, you're not a brute beast. Think upon these things. You'll see how all becomes clear and simple, they said to me. What skilled attention they get, all these dying of their wounds. I say to myself, you must learn to suffer better than that if you want them to weary of punishing you one day. I say to myself sometimes you must be there better than that if you want them to let you go one day. But I feel too old, I've gone too far to form new habits, good, I'll never end, I'll never go. Suddenly one day it ends, it changes. I don't understand, it dies or it's me, I don't understand. I ask the words that remain, sleeping, waking, morning, evening, they have nothing to say. I open the door of the cell and go, I am so bowed. I only see my feet if I open my eyes, and between my legs a little trail of black dust. I say to myself that the earth is extinguished, though I never saw it lit. It's easy going, when I drop I'll weep for happiness. A stride of a grave and a difficult birth. Down in the hole, lingeringly, the grave dig puts on the forceps. We have time to grow old. The air is full of our cries. At me, too, someone is looking. Of me, too, someone is saying. He is sleeping. He knows nothing. Let him sleep on. I can't go on. What have I said? I can't go on. I must go on. I'll go on. There we are. There I am. That's enough. This has been Jennifer Stone. I've been reading to you from the works of Samuel Beckett. And uh, I think perhaps I'll do some more of Sam Beckett. I've been reading the novels over and over this past week. And there's nothing that I like better than Samuel Beckett, with the possible exception of Gertrude Stein. I think of Gertrude as my father and Samuel Beckett as my mother I'll be back on the air next Tuesday not this Thursday we pre- preempted this Thursday but next Tuesday at 3:30 until then go easy and if you can't go easy go as easy as you can nice and tidy it's a rule of- The political year 2005 begins on Capitol Hill this week, and on Thursday, January 6th, the Senate Judiciary Committee considers Alberto Gonzalez as a replacement for John Ashcroft as Attorney General of the United States. Then, at 10 a.m., the action switches to the Senate floor, where the House Congressional Black Caucus tries to get one senator to object to the re-election by the Electoral College of George W. Bush.